Blog Talk Radio. Oh, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Tom Bridge from the District Sports page on tonight. It's a big 9-3 win for the Nationals over the Pirates in PNC Park. They improved to 52-44 and on the year with the win, snap a two-game slide in PNC, and set up a chance for a split tomorrow. Let's get right into it, Tom. Uh, A.J. Burnett on the mound for the Pirates. The Nationals connected for 14 hits, the most hits in his 17-year career in six and two-thirds innings pitch in his June 19 start in Nats Park. 2-0 with a 3-5-5 ERA, 2-8-2, line against, and five starts since that outing. 8-3, 2-4-4 ERA, 3-0-1 FIP, 2-59, 3-17, 3-49 line against in 125 and a third innings pitched on a year, but for some reason the Nationals just have his number. Ian Desmond singles, goes first to third on a hit by Jose Lobatone, scores on a wild pitch, one nothing in the second. Gio and Michael Taylor, Michael and Taylor with RBI singles in the fourth, three nothing at that point. Harp doubles, uh, scores in the fifth, five nothing. They knock him out. Let me flip my page here if I have the numbers on him on the year. 25 hits in 12 and a third innings pitch first Burnett this year. They got to him again tonight, knocked him out pretty early there, and he's a good pitcher. He's a veteran. He's doing well against the rest of the league, but for some reason the Nationals just have his number this year. Everybody's got a everybody's got a team that haunts them, and the Nationals are Burnett's team. And you saw it tonight, you know, 11 hits off of Burnett and five and two-thirds tonight. I don't think they've roughed up anybody quite so bad as that they roughed up Burnett tonight. And, you know, they pick up one run in the second on that uh, wild pitch there. Uh, Burnett gets in trouble with two hit-by-pitch in the fourth. And those are what cost him the evening. I mean, the, those uh, the, those wild moments set up a lot of the Nationals' runs tonight, at least the early side of it, uh, before they managed to get to the bullpen late. Gio Gonzalez on the mound for the Nationals. He was kind of rolling there. Uh, seven scoreless versus the Pirates when they visited D.C. in June. And three starts since then, 2-0 and with a 1-8-9 ERA, 2-43, 3 line against, and 19 innings pitched. 3-0, and 2-9-5 ERA, and seven career starts versus the Pirates. Five scoreless on 69 pitches after a nine-pitch fifth, but a single, an error by Clint Robinson, which we'll get into again in a moment. Uh, back-to-back singles in the sixth inning. The Pirates collect two runs. Matt Williams goes to the bullpen then pretty quickly. Drew Gonzalez only ended up throwing... I'll have to scroll down here to find the pitch count. 74 pitches at that point. But Matt Williams kind of got him out of there when things got rolling for the Pirates, tried to stop the flow there and uh, managed to do it. The Pirates rallied to get in close to the game there, uh, 5-3 at that point. But Gio Gonzalez ends up getting a win when they hold on. Were you surprised how quickly Matt Williams kind of pulled the plug on Gio's outing? He was rolling to that point. Absolutely surprised. This is not a Matt Williams that we've seen before, and he does it again to get Barrett after two-thirds of an inning. And that's a sign of significant growth on on the part of Matt Williams. He has been so slow to go get his pitchers this season. And for whatever reason, tonight he was quick with the hook, and it absolutely served them in the Nationals' favor tonight. If you leave Gonzalez out there another batter or two, this, this game's a lot closer. It might have been a tie ball game. Uh, before they pull out either of those two. So if this is means that Matt Williams is listening, if this means that he is thinking a little bit more about his methods, then um, I welcome that, and I hope that that's the sort of thing that we continue to see in the future. Uh, Geo's night was solid. He was really working the zone there in the second, third, and fourth. 
um, came apart there in the sixth, which is unusual for Geo to, to come apart so quickly like that. Uh, but, I mean, as, uh, he was cruising through five. And you know comes out for that sixth inning, and between the uh, the hits and the and the and uh, you know and some of the rough defense behind him that, at that moment, uh, you know found himself in a real big hole. It's five to two when he left the game. Aaron Barrett comes on in the sixth. Runners on first and second, no outs. Gets a really big six four to three DP out of Ramos Ramirez in his first game back with the Pirates, which is. Kind of nice to see after years of watching him in a Pirates uniform, but good for them that he's going to finish out his career there. Uh, he gets the DP out of Ramirez, but hits Jung-Ho Gong, gives up a single by Francisco Cervelli, 5-3 to three game at that point. Uh, Felipe Rivero comes on and gets the final out of the sixth. Uh, impressive outing by Barrett to get that double play and kind of stem the what the Pirates had working right there, but Felipe Rivero just impresses again. The Pirates announcers couldn't talk enough about how impressed they were. They pretty much said that his stuff was just too good for a left-hander to be thrown with that kind of velocity and locating the ball as well as he could. Just really impressed every time I see him. And a nice outing by Barrett, too, even though he ended up giving up the one runner he inherited. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely glad to see him get pulled when they did. Uh, There was too much potential for that situation to get out of control. Uh, but look at Felipe Rivera, who goes, what, one and a third tonight, uh, was throwing 98 as a lefty. That's just not fair. Uh, the way that he was working in and out off the plate was uh, stellar. And this is not the Felipe Rivera we saw earlier in the season. So whatever they did down in Syracuse to kind of fix what was going on with him, uh, that's, the, that's the picture that we've come to, uh, that, that we've come to hope for. Uh, from this uh, from this farm system, so you know the question stands as to how much longer he may be a national. I've heard his name kind of batted around in trade rumors, but nothing too serious, nothing more than just some uh, light fog out there. But a, a, a lefty who throws ninety eight, yeah, you can bet that they're that, that they'll be up on the block. Yep, throws ninety seven, ninety eight, and more importantly, can locate his pitches. Young as he is, still twenty two years old. And- Really impressive what he's doing out there. And Mike uh, Rizzo kind of talked him up the other day as one of the power arms they've added to this bullpen. So I, I would hate to see him get traded. I could see for sure why other teams would be interested, though. But he gets them out of the trouble there. Five to three after six innings. UNL Escobar doubles to start the seventh. One out later, Ian Desmond, third home run in three days, makes it seven to three Nats, kind of put some distance when the Pirates were threatening there. Desmond's 11th home run. He he had a six-game hit streak going after he uh, singled earlier in the game. Came into the game nine for 17, three home runs after a single in the second. Scores after a hit and run, we mentioned. uh, Scores on that wild pitch. The home run in the seventh leaves him 10 for 19 over the six-game stretch. And whatever Cal Ripken said to him, we've joked about how it's purely coincidental. And Cal Ripken is sort of the Desi whisperer along with Frank Robinson and uh, the other Oriole uh, uh, Davy Johnson. Hey, whatever, wh- whatever works. Influencing man. his career, <laughs> but it's just good to see Desmond kind of turning around. I, I know we're we're all fans of him, so to see him get going and kind of turning on the offense when the Nationals need it, really good sign. Yeah, and as rough a season as he's had, I mean, nobody is. Uh, you know, it is hard for me to imagine a Nationals team without Ian Desmond, and we were kind of to the point where thinking that you know the way that he was struggling this season that he might not be back next year and it's still entirely possible that he might not be back next year but this ian desmond the 10 for 19 with four homers seven rbi and four walks in six games 
is the Desmond that we have come to uh, appreciate and expect to see on the regular. And, uh, you know, as streaky as he is as a player, his long, quiet, awful streak this early in the season uh, was really just a, a, a crushing blow for Nats fans, as well as for the national stand, you know, offense, generally speaking. But getting him back now as they get back Anthony Rendon, as Worth, Strasburg, and Zimmerman are on the horizon, it's like getting back another injured player. And that's the kind of thing that you want to see as the Nationals push from what amounts to about an 88-win team right now um, to see if they can push forward to being a 90 or a 91-win team. Yeah, and it's just I've accepted the fact that he's not going to be in the Nationals lineup next year, and maybe something happens that keeps him here, though I seriously doubt it. But it's kind of rough as someone who's followed him since the Montreal days when they drafted him coming up through the national system and the whole time with the nationals to watch someone go out the way he was in the first half. And if that continues, if it goes down there again, it'll be tough to watch him leave like that. But the way he's hitting right now, it looks like he's kind of turning things around at the plate and finally figured out what whatever is causing his problems there. Also figuring things out, apparently Michael Taylor four for five on the night after a two run home run of the eighth. Made a couple of rangy, impressive catches in the outfield going back. No fear of the wall, making some great catches out there. I miss Denard's fan I have here in my notes there, but really impressed with uh, Michael Taylor's development and what he's done so far. And I also have a note here that I should whisper, ignore the strikeouts. Yes. Well, Michael, we got Michael A-plus Taylor tonight. He was four for five. It's his first four-hit uh, game of the season. Three RBI tonight, including two on that ridiculous bomb into the Pirates' bullpen uh, in there in the eighth inning. And, you know, just a huge night for him. I think I saw that his slugging percentage numbers are now up over 600 on the season for his career. Uh, So, you know, as much as he's probably going to be your starting center fielder next year, it's good to see him get this kind of practice. It sucks that we have to wait and see uh, D-SPAN work his way back off the DL. Uh, but if this is all our, our alternatives, somebody did something right. And that seems to be a recurring theme over and over and over again, how deep this Nationals team is. And, you know, for as many people as have been, you know, commenting on the, the, the AAA lineup that uh, some people think the Nationals have been running out there, I, I would certainly say that that is uh, – it is not necessarily the case. I certainly think that they're better than that. These are real major leaguers, and they've been playing like it. They've been winning like that. This is a team that has a three-game lead on the division, despite the fact that they had five key starting players on the disabled list for at least the last three weeks. Yeah, I think we haven't talked about, and it hasn't been talked about enough generally, the job Matt Williams is doing with the lineups that he's been putting out there to get this team to wins and Everyone complains about the little things they don't like that he's doing, but the Nationals are winning with a team that's missing. You mentioned, as you mentioned, five players worth. Rendon is back now. Fan's been out. Zimmerman's been out. Strasburg hasn't been Strasburg most of the years. So an impressive job by the uh, reigning NL manager of the year. So we'll see if he can keep it up and what they can do when they get all these guys back in the lineup. And we mentioned a few of them, but Yunel Escobar back in after a little scare with his wrist the other day. Rendon back again, goes 0 for 4 with 3Ks, but a couple nice defensive plays, a weak grounder early that he barehanded, made a throw to first just in time to get out, turned a nice double play later in the game. Just amazing how you kind of look at this lineup and you plug Rendon and you know Escobar back in there, all of a sudden it starts looking like a completely different lineup and a little more of a threat and danger and 
Good Nights by Ryan Zimmerman, another rehab start. Jason Worth, another one. He's on the way. The only one who doesn't seem to be uh, making progress like the rest is Denard Span, who we still haven't heard too much about. But looks like in the next couple of weeks, if not sooner, the Nationals are going to get two more guys back in Zimmerman and Worth and kind of have the lineup or as close to it as we've seen in a long time. Absolutely. And, you know, it, Escobar was three for five tonight. You know, as good a season as he's had, uh, you know, he's a, he seems to be uh, fitting in nicely into this Nationals lineup, uh, even though, you know, he's move, he's done – he's essentially moving positions uh, this year on the fly to be a, to be their, their third baseman with the way that the lineup's working out. And Rendon coming back tonight does get an RBI, though, does get a sacrifice there. Uh, so he's yeah. not totally over on the evening. Uh, but did have uh, three strikeouts tonight. So look for him to kind of readjust a little bit to major league pitching. As much as rehab starts are about uh, figuring out who you are again, uh, coming back into the big leagues is a bit of a difference. These are not your triple-A pitchers. So for him to have an overnight, don't worry about it, Nats fans. He'll be back on his feet before long. I can't say enough good about how Clint Robinson's done this year. Uh, one for four tonight, a run scored with an RBI, one strikeout, 270 average on the year. But I'm not going to miss his defense at first when Ryan Zimmerman's back in this lineup. We've seen a few iffy plays from, from Robinson. Uh, the one today he absolutely should have had. That kind of started things rolling rolling poorly for yeah. Gio Gonzalez in the fifth inning there. And we saw him miss a line drive the other night, uh, miss a big play the other day too. And going to be nice to have a little bit of a shooter glove back out there though like i said i've been impressed with robinson overall while robinson has done the best with what he's been capable of uh and you know his season this year in 70 games you know he's got an ops of 757 he's doing solid out there uh except on the defensive front he is not great in left field he is definitely lacking at first base um this was a guy that they put on the roster as the last man on the roster and, uh, you know, a guy that they were hoping to have pinch hit late. Uh, and he's had some good pop on the bat to do that. But his defense is certainly not exactly what you want to see run out there every day. That being said, he's doing a fine job in a difficult situation. And for a guy who's in his first, you know, full-on major league campaign, it's really a delight to see him taking to the positions as well as he's been doing. Yeah, you got to give him all the credit in the world for what he's done this season. A sort of nowhere added uh, addition to the roster, as you mentioned. And my hope, as I've stated before on this show and in writing, is that getting uh, Robinson, getting uh, Tyler Moore, all these guys, all the at bats that they're getting now, it will pay off. Pay off down the stretch when the Nationals have their guys back and these guys go back into bench roles and have them, you know, in a rhythm, good rhythm, plenty of that. That this season hopefully will pay off down the stretch and keep them going when the Nationals need them to come off the bench and do some stuff for them. Uh, one last note here: uh, interesting article by Jason Stark today. There's opposing teams that have talked to the Nationals say that Nationals are trying to do something big going into the trade deadline, which is not too far away now. Uh, he mentioned Craig Kimbrell, uh, the San Diego Padres, former Braves closer, Araldis Chapman, whose name just keeps coming up in connection to the Nationals. There were reports this week that the Reds were scouting both the Auburn Double Days and the Potomac Nationals and having a look at some of the prospects there. The kind of package they're talking about, which he mentions too, though, is three high-end prospects, essentially. If you're talking about three of the Nationals' top ten, we've talked about this before, I know, and I just think that's too much to give up for a year a year plus of control of uh, Aroldis Chapman, unless you think you can get him signed for a longer uh, 
extension and keep them in here for a long time. I'd hate to give up the kind of names that they're talking about, but Stark also mentioned that the Nationals have no interest in dealing Giolito, Daifo, or Trey Turner, so I'm not sure where other teams are going to be picking from in that sort of deal, but I haven't been able to talk to you about the trade deadline so far. What do you think uh, going into this the Nationals need and any ideas on what you think they're going to do? Well, you know, this is a place where I think you're right. I think that they're going to go big or do nothing. And, you know, we might see just a onesie-twosie move for maybe another bullpen, you know, another mid-level bullpen arm. Um, But, you know, the the bullpen has kind of settled itself out over the last few nights. Um, While Casey Jansen still remains a bit of a question mark out there, um, they certainly have done a lot better in that particular expect in, in that particular uh, position than I think we would have expected otherwise. Do I see them making a giant move where they give up three or four, uh, you know, what I would consider to be A minus to B plus prospects, um, especially with those others off the off the table? I think that's entirely possible, but I don't think that uh, Rizzo is going to give up anything that he wouldn't want to part with in the long term. If he's going to be dealing somebody like Fed. Uh, you know, from, you know, who they drafted in the first round last year, he's going to have to really see what the return is in the long run. And I just can't think of what they need so badly as to be willing to mortgage the future to pray for the present, especially with the way that this team is playing without its superstars. So unless that they think that they have a a long-term issue uh, with one of their prospects that they think now would be the time to make up the the difference on. Uh, And that's entirely possible given Fed's health issues. Um, Who knows? I I certainly think it's going to be a very interesting six days before the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, definitely one where you're not going to want to step too far away from your phone. (laughs) I keep on getting a little bit of gust whenever we bring up these uh, relief options about everyone saying Drew Storen's a closer, and I, I don't deny that. I think he's done great this year, but my question for all of them is who closes if something goes wrong with Drew Storen down the stretch? And I think the Nationals are probably asking And the answer is nobody. Question. Exactly. Casey yeah. Jansen is the and, answer day you know, the other day. Good. And, boy, is yeah. that an answer that makes me you know kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I think that's probably what the Nationals and Rizzo are thinking about. I don't, I'm not a mind reader, though I would make a lot of money if I was. But we'll see what they can do, see what they do going forward here. But I have a feeling that's kind of what's behind all these rumors and the Nationals' reported search for a back-of-the-bullpen arm, not necessarily to replace uh, Storin, but to be available in the ninth and be available in the eighth inning, more importantly, as a setup man and you know, bridge to Storin to kind of shore up the bullpen. So we'll see what they do. Not too long to wait before that. Uh, non-waiver trade deadline just six days away as you mentioned the 31st uh one more note here before we sign off i also had written in my notes a 21 game on base streak going into this for bryce harper already a career high extended that to 22 but still no home runs in pnc park in what i think is around 36 plate appearances so far and he's completely overrated i suppose but nationals win tonight nine to three 52 and 44 on the year. We got a nice matchup with uh, Joe Ross and Garrett Cole tomorrow in the series finale, 1:35 p.m. in the afternoon. Maybe we'll talk to you again after that, since all my co-hosts have abandoned me, Tom. And I appreciate you coming on, Tom Bridge <laughs> at Tom Bridge DSP on the on the Twitter at Federal Baseball. If you're not following us already, and maybe I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll be talking after Nationals win. Yep, definitely, and I'll see you then.
That site is sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. Signing off, Doghouse says, go Nats. Talk to you later. Go Nats.